What's up, besties? This is episode 30, Deep Space Nine of Childlike at Best with Mike Valdez. I'm still the second part of that title. I hope you're staying safe in this weird time that we're in. Man, this week has been a really weird year. Am I right? It's been really strange, but honestly, I just hope that all of you have all the food that you need, all the things that you need. Apparently, you guys have all the toilet paper you need. I don't really know what was going on with that. Apparently, you guys were wiping your butt with your own hands before. But hey, man, seriously, stay safe in these parts. Make sure you're social distancing and take care of yourself. And while you're at home, just watch some awesome movies that you haven't seen before. Listen to a podcast you haven't listened to before. Listen to an album you haven't listened to before, which you're already here. So thank you so much for listening to this. And that's incredible. I really appreciate you and love you for listening and for supporting. This episode is Quincy Jones. Quincy is a very funny stand-up comedian and just an all-around positive guy. In 2015, he was diagnosed with cancer and started a GoFundMe page. And because of that, I got to the producers of The Ellen Show. He was able to go on Ellen and was then given the gift to make his dream come true, which was to have a one-hour HBO special called Burning the Light. Quincy is just such an amazing dude and honestly so inspirational. I really think that you guys are going to love this episode. So without further ado, please enjoy Quincy Jones. Fifth grade birthday, uh, my mom brought up ice cream cake to elementary school. Uh, we played, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the best cake, by the way. Ice cream cake is the best without cake. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and my mom brought Pogs. Nice. Which uh, <laughs> is a bad game, if you guys don't remember. Oh, it's but, terrible, but it was the king of the 90s. Yeah, it was a, a, it was like the tournament edition. So it was like like a little... It's just a level. bunch of slammers. Yeah, yeah. A bunch of slammers, a bunch of little paws, a little tournament thing. Yeah. Uh, and you just slam those down, and then you try it. And so it was, a, it was just a really good birthday. That's awesome, man. It was a really good birthday. Yeah. Was it a surprise? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I didn't know. I mean, my mom had mentioned it. She'd asked, but she's like, oh, I can't do anything. Like, I got to work. I was like, okay, cool. Listen, I've never been big on birthdays or holidays. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and so so when she came over, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I opened the present. I was like, what? That's amazing. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, it was great. It was a really good time. That's so fun, man. Well, we have started, dude. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Childlike at Best with Mike Valdez. My name is Mike Valdez. Today, I have a really awesome guest, man. I'm so excited. Uh, the very funny, the very talented. You're looking around like I'm not talking about you, but <laughs> it's Quincy Jones. What's hey, going on, everybody. man? Hey, everybody. Hey, how's it going, Mike? <laughs> I'm so stoked to have you. It's really, it's really awesome. We met just a couple days ago uh-huh. at a show, and we had an awesome conversation. You're just such a cool guy uh, to talk to just about. All these kinds of things. Thanks, man. So are you? I really yeah, enjoyed dude. it. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Before we get started, we kind of do a, a kind of like a bit, kind of like a ritual kind of a thing here at Childlike at Best, where uh, we like to take a Flintstones vitamin. So okay. I have these Flintstones complete gummies right here. Okay. You can take them if you'd like. Sure. I'm going to follow tradition. Yeah, dude. It, I'm not like going to Rogan you. Like, it's not PCP or anything. Oh, but... the jig is up. <laughs> Why is it real movie? Yeah. <laughs> so... As you're taking that in, can you please let the audience know where you grew up? I was born in Seattle, and I was raised in Miami. My mom sent me down to Miami to live with my grandma and my uncle and aunt. It's like the Fresh Prince almost. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. Yeah, except <laughs> West to, Indian. Yeah. And a lot more rigid and religious. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I moved down here. Uh, I was the only one in my family moved down here. Uh, I was living with my grandma over in Kendall and just really... I mean, I, I just love, I love Miami. Yeah. The weather, you know, the energy here. I just love Miami. But of course, it's different when you visit. Of course. You know, if I lived yeah. there, I'd be like, oh, it's the same old thing. Uh-huh. Everyone's beautiful. I'm a troll. Let's get the hell out of here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm tired of being surrounded by beautiful people. Yes. It's I'm going to go under a bridge. Oh, even, yeah. the, even homeless people are beautiful. They just had coke problems. That's what happened. Yeah. Which the irony of the whole thing is that now you're in L.A., which is even more so than... <laughs> Listen, folks. Mike, L.A. is not as glamorous as people make it out to be. <laughs> I'm going to be the first one to tell you, follow your dreams wherever they may lead you. Dude. But if they lead you to New York, 
embrace that right i kind of have to disagree with you because i lived in la for a little bit and maybe around like 2015 to 2016 i was there and people that look like charlie's there on work at target in True. la like it's really weird I feel that way about Miami. Yeah, fair I, enough. I've fallen in love with so many Starbucks baristas here. Yeah. Fucking Target workers. I'm just like, will you love me? Will you love me? Love me back, please. Anyone love? Uh, and so it's it's a, it's great. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Now, what kind of a kid would you say that you were when you were growing up? Like, who did you sit with at the lunch table? That kind of thing. That's a good question. Um, I was always uh, a, a beta alpha male. Okay. So... I never wanted to take charge, but my opinion had power okay. and sway. So usually it'd be like, you know, the popular kids and then me. You know what I'm saying? Because I was versatile. I could hang out in any circle. I could hang out with the goth kids. I could hang out with the, the jocks. I could hang out with the nerds. I could hang out with, you know, the LGBTQ community. Right. Because I treat everybody equally. Right. You know, I'm not above anybody and no, and nobody's above me. I exactly. treat everybody equally. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of the way you should be, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, like, when I was, fl- I would always flit around different social circles. But yeah. that also made me, the more versatile you are, the less you'll feel like you fit in. Yeah. Because you're only designed to flit around it. So, because you, in the end, you end up, like, being alone. You enjoy your solitude. Right. And it took me years to understand that. It's like, oh, when I go out on that stage, or I'm at open mics, or my community, I'm loving, I'm supportive, I have a huge energy, I'm encouraging, great. And then when I'm done retract yeah you know what i'm saying and so that's what it was like in uh elementary middle school and high school i just didn't realize it yet you didn't realize that you were performing i didn't realize i was an extrovert or introvert right that makes a lot of sense my jokes were always used as a defense mechanism of to diffuse tense situations whether in the house at school i crack a joke and then like made sure nobody could i wanted to be the best at that so i made sure nobody could crack a joke on me yeah i'd always be like Locked and armed and ready to be like, oh, you say some shit, you know, say what's going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure, dude. I feel the same way about myself, man. Like I was a lot like that. I was I it did take me a while to realize that I was an introverted extrovert, you know, because I always liked performing. I always liked being the center of attention, but in a controlled environment. Yes. You know, so like I liked being the center of attention when there was a stage and people were forced to watch whatever was going on on that stage. Yes. As opposed to making myself the stage. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. I, I agree. I know exactly how you mean. Yeah. Exactly how you felt. Yeah. Yeah. So did you do any uh, did you do any extracurricular things in school? Did you do like drama club or band or anything like that? I mean, to, to get me in comedy, uh, I always knew I was funny, but I didn't know. That you could do that. Yeah. I didn't grow up listening to comedy albums. Like I said, I grew up in a really religious household. You're you know talking to the right person, dude. So it's always been like, <laughs> this is what it is. And if you don't like it, you can get out underneath. Exactly. From underneath the roof. It's like, all right. So like at like 16, 17, I did. Mm-hmm. I was like, cool. I'm, I want to go out to parties. I want to have sex. I want to yeah. do this stuff. So I, you know, I started out and made my life a little more, a lot more difficult than it needed to be. But sometimes we need that to help forge the, the, uh, the, the, the strength of our bones in order to withstand the scrutiny of our choices and stuff. Yeah. We have to do that. We have to put ourselves in the fire to be forged into the adults we are today. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I don't regret anything. I wish I would have chosen something differently sometimes. All the time. Of course. Yeah. But I don't live, I don't have any regrets. It's like, I needed everything. I needed every learning lesson. I need to repeat every lesson I thought I learned over again until I got it right. Yeah. I definitely agree with you on that, man, for sure. So I kind of want to move on into when you came home, what were the kind of things that you were into? Like, what were your fandoms, the things that inspired you as oh, a kid? Oh, man. Okay, let's take it back. I've always loved basketball. Yeah. I remember watching NBA on NBC with Ahmad Rashad Saturday mornings. You know what I'm saying? I remember that. Was this the uh, Chicago Bulls Michael Jordan time? Yeah. Around yeah. I, I mean, remember the Sonics went to the finals in 96 against the yeah. Bulls. You know what I'm saying? So I went to those games. No way. Yeah. So That's I saw, yeah. nuts. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah, man. I uh, love that. I was always into... Uh, because I was trying to fit in, but we were poor. So I never had the toys or the game system, so I'm sure. not a gamer. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, even now as an adult, I'm like, 
I don't have a place like a game system in my house. Yeah. Not a PS4, not a PS2. I I just don't have that shit. I would say I was into, I've always been into movies. Yeah. Always been into movies, man. What were some of your favorites? As a kid, I wanted to say, uh, I love watching Lion King in a theater. Sure, dude. I I came out of there, me and my little brother, we acted like lions running up the hill. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is obviously when I was younger, folks, when I could get down that low without without needing a prayer and assistance from above to get back up. Uh, Let's see. I mean, I loved movies. I loved the TV shows Power Rangers, Gargoyles, Darkwing Duck, Animaniacs, Tailspin. Did I say DuckTales? Ooh. Uh, Yeah. Them. Um, I remember watching TV before school, Conan uh, the Barbarian, the animated cartoon with the bird who loved pomegranates. I love yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? So I might be I might be uh, dating myself to you guys out there, but nah, you know dude. what I'm saying? Just letting you guys know that that's what I grew up with, man. Like I remember watching, you know, the, the shows before school and coming home after school, you know what I'm saying? And like, that was it. Yeah. I remember my mom going to work in the morning. Uh, and like, you know, either like let us make cereal or a pop tart, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and then, you know, watch TV, make sure we had to leave the house by seven fifty seven. Yeah. Cause it takes, we had to walk down the hill. The bus came at eight, you know what I'm saying? And so, uh, if you had to pick like a camp to fight for in the animation army or the nostalgia army, what would it be? Would it be the Disney afternoon lineup? Would it be Nicktoons or would it be Cartoon Network? Oh, I mean, I, I almost forgot about Nicktoon because I stopped watching cartoons. I remember the, the weird cartoon I stopped watching was Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yeah. Didn't get it. Yeah. And I was like, man, cartoons change. <laughs> cartoons have changed. And that's how you know you're old when you start saying, oh, this has changed. Like change isn't inevitable and sure. progress isn't happening all the time. Of course. Um, I would The hill I would die on for Nickelodeon, Salute Your Shorts. Pete and Pete. I think it that, sounds like your favorites are very ahead of their time television shows because yeah. Pete and Pete was so ahead of its time. Yeah. If that came out now, it would last nine seasons. Daria. Yeah, Daria is great too. Um, yeah, I mean, the 90s, you guys missed out, okay? <laughs> you guys, I hate to break it to you, man. Like, salute. You guys have the internet, you got all this stuff. It's great blessings to you. But you missed those 90s, man, playing out <laughs> outdoors, drinking from a hose. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Drinking from a hose. We did. Like, we played basketball. We'd like turn the hose and, like, you know, not put our mouth to it, but like, you know, drink the water coming out of it. We'd have to worry. It wasn't as crazy back then. Yeah, or maybe yeah. it was just as crazy. We were kids. We didn't care. Yeah. Who knows? But that was what we grew up on. So the hill I would die on, to answer your question, I'm sorry. I digress. No, you're all good. The afternoon lineups of Disney and WB. Yeah, and WB kids. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, WB is now CW. Yeah. But back in the day, it was called WB. Yeah, the WB. The Animaniacs. I'm trying to think. Yeah, the Animaniacs. We had Pinky and the Brain. Mm-hmm. Bobby's World. Yo, classic. Such a classic show. Hell, I'm willing to die on for Probably sure. my favorite of the WB kids shows was Bobby's World. Yeah. And then... What other ones? There were so many good ones, actually. Wasn't Recess on there? Or was that ABC? That was ABC. I forget. But that was yeah. a quality cartoon. Yeah, you know what cartoon good. I ended up watching as an adult and I think is really funny now? Which one? Phineas and Ferb. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I didn't grow up with it. Yeah, neither so did I. Re- I. I revisited as I revisited when like I was dating a woman back home and she had a child and she put that on. Okay. And I was like, oh, this is... <laughs> that's yeah. funny yeah that's hella funny i like watch it i was like oh this is really good so it's actually created by the people that made rocco's modern life so that's really yeah yeah that's why it has a very similar kitty but it has a very adult take as well rocco's modern life ren and stimpy were also ahead yeah. of their times Exer- extremely yeah they absolutely. were so ahead of their times Guys, I don't know if you could. I don't know if you could watch them on YouTube, probably because you can find anything on YouTube. Yeah, and Google owns YouTube. I did not know that. Did oh you know yeah, that? yeah, I did. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's how old I am, guys. Yeah, you can I, also find yourself graduating from sixth grade on YouTube. Yeah, you I'm can like, see anything. Who you- put that there? <laughs> how did that leak? You go in your dad and mom's. We're like, why? Why did you do this? Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, man, it's just like remember, like just I was really excited to do this podcast because. Yeah. In comedy, we always hear comedians talk about, you know, you know, the ter- the, the the heavy stuff. Yeah. And this was an opportunity to actually talk about like fond memories. Yeah, dude, dude, I love talking about real stuff all the time, but I also just really love life. 
You yeah. know what I mean? And I, and I love, I love being able to talk about good things. And we're, we're kind of living in a time where talking about the negative is really popular right now. Yeah. I guess it's because the internet, you know, cause the internet is a lot like that. The <laughs> internet is very filled with negativity, but there are at the same time, there, that's one of the reasons why nostalgia is so popular because people are like, oh yeah, remember the Ninja Turtles? Yeah. Because that was so much better than what we're living in now. And it's like, you're kind of right, but also like oh. we're living at a great time, you yeah, know? Yeah, there's just a lot of unhappy people yeah. out there. And it's like, besides the bullshit, life's great. Of course. You don't have everything you want because you can't handle if you got everything you wanted. Yeah. Everyone would be a ginormous asshole if they got everything they wanted. Yes. They, we already think, people think with one dollar think they're better than a person with 50 cents. Mm-hmm. So imagine with that on a bigger scale. Yeah. You know, that's why you don't have everything you want and you're not ready for it and maybe you don't even need it. So I enjoy everything I'm at where I'm at in the moment because it's beautiful and it's pure and I'm here. Yeah. I could be somewhere else, but right now the universe wants me here, so I'm here. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like right now we're in the Mike Lab, the Mike Cave right now, you know? <laughs> And this is where, it, as I was driving out here, it was just, I was like, wow. I, I don't think I've ever even been in this part of Florida. Really? Yeah. It is kind of in this happy medium of places where it's like a 30-minute drive to Fort Lauderdale or Miami. Yeah. So in a way, it's it like... You know, because we were talking right before we recorded, you were like, man, who books this place? Because yeah. it's just like, it's a drive to get anywhere here. Like, I, I commend you for driving wherever it is that you go to do shows. And yeah. I was like, yeah, that's that's the way it is. But you know how it is, man. When you love something enough. Boom. You know, like, it's not an Boom. issue. Boom. I listen, guys. I love comedy so much. Yeah. I love it. There's nothing else I'd rather do besides the, there's politics, there's bullshit. You never get booked as much as you want. You damn sure don't get paid as much as you need. Yeah. And that's part of the game, but I love it. Yeah, and dude. money will come and fame will come and everything that you want that will come with it. I always tell comedians that if you're jealous, you're only jealous of one of three things. Mm-hmm. You're jealous of the, the credit that that person is going to get. You're je- jealous of the paycheck that they're going to get. Or you're jealous of the promotion that's going on about them. That's it. Yeah. Other than that, you don't really care about other comics. You know what I'm saying? And there's no one thing that's going to make or break your career. And I love comedy. I love comedy more than sex. Yeah. I'm dead serious. I, there's times I've really, I'd be like, I want to go to a mic. <laughs> a girl be like, can I come over? I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to go to a mic. Then maybe you want to come over later. Oh, forget it. It's too late. Yeah. Nah, cool. I know. But this is what I need to do. I got an idea. I got to explore this idea. They are relatively similar. You feel good afterwards if you did well and you don't get paid for it. So (laughs) it's pretty much the same thing. (laughs) But the high high after having a good set lasts longer than after having a good sex. You know what I'm saying? It is true, man. Because when you like, oh, man, they were with me. You're replaying it after sex. You're like... I came. Yeah. And Did that, you come? Great. <laughs> Would you like a water? I'm going to get a water. Exactly. All right. Awkward silence ensues. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and sometimes the high of after a good set is almost like the adrenaline is pumping so hard you almost need to take a melatonin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because you're just like, all right, man, like now it's time to go to sleep. Today was great, but now it's time to go to bed. Just to move on into our next bit, what are some of your favorite snacks that you remember from growing mm. up? Oof, oof. My mom is Seventh-day Venice. Yeah. And so we're like a blend of Judaism and Christianity, yeah. you know? And so my mom was like, there's no pork, no shellfish. I'm allergic to pork and shellfish because yeah. I tried it. Bananas and I don't eat red meat now. But the favorite snacks, I, we didn't do caffeine. Little did we know that sugar and chocolate was, you know, uh, yeah. uh, you know, sugar-free filled lace and addictive thing. But I think I had, I had brown cinnamon Pop-Tarts, strawberry frosted Pop-Tarts. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. Had those a lot as a kid. Gogurt. Yeah, Gogurt. <laughs> y'all listen, man. I'm trying to tell y'all. I'm trying to tell y'all what I was working back then. <laughs> Uh, Gogurt. That uh, reminds me of this. Uh, I don't know if you ever did. You ever watch Community? Yeah. That reminds me of this. Sl- like it's such a dumb throwaway line, but it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> Donald Glover's character is like, you know, I tried Gogurt for the first time. Turns out it's just regular yogurt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really surprised. Yeah. 
It, it didn't make laugh. me go. Just... Exactly. It made me it made me laugh so hard. I was just like, what in the world? <laughs> what about cereal? Were you a cereal fan? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Honey Bunches of Oats. Yeah. <laughs> I recently discovered Raisin Bran. I discovered it. Like, yeah. what is this purple box? <laughs> I have heard of it. I've yeah. never actually had it. No. Yeah. Raisin Bran is good. I never had the overly sugar because my mom was like, nah, like kooky crisp. Yeah. Never got into it. My sister was a Fruity Pebbles fan. Mm-hmm. Not me. I'm cool. The fun I'm the, cool. No, like, I'm good. Like, I'm like, it doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Uh, not Chocolate Krispies. Not even Rice Krispies. Really? Yeah, man. Not even anything like that. I was Holy just like, cow. Honey Bunches of Oats. Pops. Pops is good. Yeah. Cinnamon Toast Crunch for the win. And Life. Life, life Apple Cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Like that. Oh, Apple Jacks was good, too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that sounds good right now. Apple Jacks? A bowl of Apple Jacks right now. <laughs> but here's how old I am. It wouldn't be a bowl. It'd be a cup. It'd be almond milk. And I... <laughs> That's how, that's what happens. You get old, bro. You start becoming considerate. Yeah, you start becoming this like weird person who starts uh, eating cereal with Bible verses and farms in the back of the box. Yeah, what, like what about you? Oh man, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. All my favorite cereals. This is going to sound so weird. All my favorite cereals are usually seasonal cereals. So okay, like what? Very, matcha flakes? <laughs> like very, like for example, this past. Christmas Lucky Charms made a Christmas Lucky Charms, which was red and green and white flakes. No, actually, uh, the grain was made from like it was almost like a cinnamon kind of feel. Mm. And then all the marshmallows were chocolate. Mm. So it was like a chocolate cinnamon mixture. Okay, it was so good, man. Like, so it was that. And then um like Rice Krispies Treats cereal is oh, really good. As that well. sounds hella sugary. It, oh, and like it is. they get stuck in the back of your teeth. Yeah. I can just, I, I'm just like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, we like to review a cereal on this podcast. Okay. So I have a cereal specifically for you. I actually spoke with my sponsors over at Post. Now, by sponsors, I mean that I like them and I buy their products. And by spoke to, I mean I tweeted them repeatedly and they didn't get back Fair. to me. Fair. So the cereal I have for us to review today is peanut butter and cocoa pebbles. Oh, fuck yeah. I love peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah. Now, the reason why I picked this for you is because when I saw your set a couple of days ago, you were talking to the crowd and you were asking about like everyone's favorite munchies and one person out of nowhere, which I thought was hilarious because I went on maybe two comics before you and I have a bit asking the audience what their favorite cereal is and almost no one answered me. And then everyone was shouting cereals at you. (laughs) So I was like, maybe they're a little late. But they were like, Fruity Pebbles. And you said, I haven't had that since 1992. That was 100% real. So I was like, well, this is a perfect time to try something that you haven't had since 1992. Definitely. You know? And not to mention, who doesn't love a peanut butter chocolate mixture? Who does? I remember when Reese's came out with their first cereal, too. Yeah, Reese's I like the sample size. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah. Those are good, too. That's awesome, man. So I'm going to go ahead, open this box, and I'm going to pour it into my Reptar cereal bowl. Hopefully, all the ASMR weirdos can loop it and make it their ringtone or whatever the weird thing it is that they do. Let's see here. I'm so old. I don't even know what ASMR is, man. <laughs> it's a weird thing, man. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. Oh, boy. Let's see. Oh, they're small. Very, very. So, Quincy, it will be super fun to review this cereal, but I think it would be way more fun to review this as the characters on the box. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. Okay, oh, are you... You remember the Fruity Pebbles commercials or the Pebbles commercials? No. Nah, it was right. always Barney trying to get the Fruity pe- or the Pebbles and being like, oh, Fred, I'm going to get your Pebbles and like talking about like how amazing they were and all this stuff. And usually Fred is asleep or he's like banging his wife or whatever he's doing. And then out she of nowhere, had a bomb-ass figure, man. <laughs> yeah. Those figures have gone extinct. I, I know. know. Yeah, it's true, man. He, got, he has all the gains. And so... He hears Barney having a, a serial orgasm or whatever, and then he's like, Barney! 
gotta eat my pebbles, you know, or whatever. And then it ends, and then they're all chasing each other. I think it would be fun. I'm gonna find some Flintstones music, actually. And I think <laughs> it would be fun for you to taste this and review it as Barney from okay. the Flintstones. And it doesn't have to be perfect. I, this is Barney a comedy. Yeah, this is a comedy podcast, man. Okay. If it's if it's not good, it just makes it funny. You know, <laughs> let's do it. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. Let's go. Yeah, dude. Here we go. Whenever you're ready, Q. And scene. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> My name is Fred Flintstone. <laughs> And I am reviewing this cereal. <laughs> I've recently been asked to endorse Reese's Peanut Butter and Cocoa Pebbles. <laughs> it's a beautiful fusion of chocolate and peanut butter if you're into that thing. A lot of people think I should sound differently like my character on TV, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm British and we all know British do better acting than Americans. Yeah. Actually, it's actually true. Isn't Fred Flintstone James Corden? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We just travel through time. Baby. Exactly. <laughs> As I try, I reach into the reptile bowl and <laughs> grab a pinch with my thumb, index, and middle finger. <laughs> Drop it in my orifice. Mmm. 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 Smooth finish. <laughs> this pairs well with uh, milk, almond milk, if you have it. <laughs> if you have it, I will finish this whole bowl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, if you're out in a town... And you're looking for a quick bite to eat. You want these peanut butter and cocoa pebbles, okay? <laughs> if you're late at night and a little bit high, you want these peanut butter and cocoa pebbles. Mm-hmm. If you're in the morning and you're a little pick-me-up, a little sugar rush, you're going to want these peanut butter and cocoa pebbles. <laughs> the point is, everybody needs these peanut butter and cocoa pebbles. That's why we made it. Yeah. So, for a limited time, I want to go into your store. Please go to Cereal, look at the top, see how much the prices of cereal boxes have changed, yeah. and go ahead and <laughs> grab one, because they're now 5 to $7, and that's crazy. But the point is, sorry, I broke character. Listen, listen, loves. I want you to get down to your local supermarket. I want you to go in the cereal aisle. I want you to indulge in a box of peanut butter and cocoa pebbles. If you don't like it, I won't be undersold. <laughs> if you don't like it, feel free to email me or something like that. We'll send you out a different flavor. We're working on flavors all the time. We're working on like this fruity pebble and banana cereal right now because people love fruit and bananas. And yeah. Oddly enough, there was never a yellow banana flavored fruity pebble because I think that would have been weird, but there was lemon. There was a lemon, right? I think no, that was, there wasn't. There was no lemon. No. And what was the yellow flavor in the fruity pebbles? I don't know. That's. I think it was just yellow. <laughs> Well, Just I need to talk to the marketing yellow. department because I've been under a different impression this whole time, guys. Yeah. I definitely thought that. Listen, loves, this is Fred, all right? <laughs> My name is Flintstone. Yeah. Fred Flintstone. Why? Because I like alliteration for animated characters. Yes. <laughs> I've been on this podcast selling this cereal. I hope you guys like it. Go down there. Try it. If you don't. Then just give it to somebody who does. Feed it to kids because kids are like little, little human walking garbage receptacles. You know what I'm saying? They just eat <laughs> anything. Receptacles. You know what I'm saying? They eat all types of garbage and sugar and rubbish. They're not yeah. even worried about vegetables. <laughs> Poop, they haven't pooped in days. You'll it's never true. even know because they keep such a high fucking speed lifestyle. So yeah. listen, go down there, try it. If you don't like it, email me and I'll feel free to send you out a different flavor. <laughs> I've been Fred Flintstone. And I turn the podcast back over to the amazing Mike Valdez. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Peanut butter and cocoa pebbles, ladies and gentlemen. Holy cow. That yes. was great. You know what's great is that if they were to remake the Flintstones, James Corden would be the voice of Fred Flintstone. <laughs> well, what do you mean? <laughs> this episode of Childlike at Best with Mike Valdez is brought to you by Real Good Foods. I am so excited to announce that Real Good Foods has launched their very first dessert item, ice cream. Real Good Ice Cream is the first ever super premium, better for you ice cream. It's extra creamy, so there's no icy or chalky texture like other light ice creams, making it a real ice cream experience with real ingredients. Only 180 calories and four grams of sugar per serving. Real Good Ice Cream is sweetened by using allulose, which isn't like regular sugar. It's a naturally occurring rare sweetener found in figs, dates, and maple syrup. Ultimately, it has one-tenth the calories of cane sugar, which means it won't spike your blood sugar levels. 
Real Glit ice cream comes in a variety of flavors, and starting today, they can be found at realgoodfoods.com and The Vitamin Shop. And guess what? Real Good Foods is giving all Childlike at Best listeners a discount code that'll make us all scream for ice cream. Visit realgoodfoods.com, choose as many of your favorite items, and use promo code BESTIE at checkout. That's B-E-S-T-I-E at checkout to receive 15% off your order. Real Good Foods. Keep it real. I kind of want to go on into comedy and all that kind of stuff. Let's just, do it. Yeah, and so... I'm going to eat the cereal, dog. Of don't, course, don't dude. That's what it's for. I'm just curious as to like when you started... What inspired you to get started? That kind of stuff. I remember seeing Chris Rock's special about the niggas versus black people bit. Bring the pain? Yeah. Very good. And I thought, I had thoughts like that. For some, comedy is the destination. Yeah. It's the end point. The end of the journey. You're there. And for others, comedy is the conduit for which it'll put you where you're supposed to be. I'm a comedian. Supposed to be a comedian. I can act. I can do everything else. But comedy is what the fuck I do. Yeah. I'm funny. I can make anybody laugh. Yeah. You know? I got into comedy, I think I was uh, 20, 25, 26. I remember the first time I went on an open mic, Harry Kondabali was at an open mic that I was in. Holy cow. And he thought I'd been doing it for years. That was my first time at an open mic. Seriously, you can ask him his story. He That's was like, amazing. he's like, yo, you're going to be really good. Yeah. And then I stopped. I didn't, I didn't think. I was like, I did an open mic. I did real good. First time I went up at an open mic, Mike. I was at the Comedy Underground, Seattle, Washington. Yeah. And I got a little stoned because I was a little nervous. And I put on, I, I, went, I went, I had all the jokes I'd rehearsed in my head. I mean, they were down pat. I was going to fucking do it. And a guy before me goes up and he sings a song about sticking vegetables up his butt. <laughs> Fiddle, banjo, whatever the fuck it is, all that. He's up there. I suck up And he got to asparagus. I was like, well, like... I was, it's just making me laugh because I'm just imagining it's the same joke, but he's there was no joke. He was just singing. Vegetable. He was just like not. He barely switched the chords on the fucking banjo, and he just kept singing and saying. And then he got to asparagus. It was probably and I, then I threw a little sign in. I was like, "Well, are you singing like the bass? That's a yeah. wide hole right there. And if you're doing the tips, well, then I mean that's gonna grate your asshole for sure. If you're doing that, I don't know how that would work." I so he does that. Now, my joke, I was going to talk about passive aggressiveness at four-way stops. Yeah. And I was like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> but I always had instincts to go and do that. So I, I, I followed my gut and I was like, so you guys expect me to just tell jokes after <laughs> yeah. this? Like, we all have to act like I didn't just hear that. Like, and I was like, it was catchy tunes. I was sort of bopping along. Yeah. And he said asparagus, and I like, threw, like, threw, yeah. threw a little, come on, bro. You got to be more. Wasn't that guy the guy that started Blink-182? Yeah. <laughs> Some 41. He was yeah. that guy. Because <laughs> uh, I'm in too yeah. deep. That's, the original one was about vegetables being up yeah. his butt. <laughs> yeah. They, the labels didn't like it. They made yeah. him change the whole concept. You know, the vegetable industry... <laughs> It's an inside job full of fiber. Listen. <laughs> so he did that. And I, I like just did really good. I was like, I could do this. That's great. And I was, I started in Seattle and I was there and like, I mean, I was, I was still doing a college thing. I just come back to Seattle doing mics and going little competitions until I found what I, I was like. I don't do roast battles. I don't do that. I'm just, yeah. I'm just comedy, you know? And so to say to keep to, to sort of give it a wrap up because I don't want to ramble too much, man. No, dude. Um, you're not rambling at all. Comedy, man. It's like you get on stage. You either got that bug or you don't. Yes, that's very true. You either get off your life. Like I could go and do fucking work at a show right now tonight, right? And I'll still want to do an open mic afterwards because mm-hmm. it's like I want to keep chasing this high because it gets me high. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I'm in Seattle, I'm doing colleges, and I was like, I did there for like a year and a half or two. I was like, I'm done. Packed up my Honda Accord, drove down here. I left Seattle at 9.30 in the morning on July 12th. I got to the border of California by 5.40. That means I drove through a whole state and a half, guys, yeah. in eight hours, because I was that ready to fucking put Seattle behind me. I get to Seattle, or I get to Battery of California. I stop in a town called Redding. Shout out to Redding. Yeah. Got a little hotel, a little motel there. I uh, found out my cousin died. Wanted to turn back around. Yeah. Kept going. 
did my first show in uh, in the Valley, San Fernando. Shout out to Jose Chavez. He was the first person to put me on a, on a show in L.A. And it was fun. You know what I'm saying? I just realized I could do this here. I did a show before I had a place to live. That's crazy. I stayed with Solomon Giorgio for like a first week. Really? Yeah. Solomon Giorgio's from Seattle too. And you guys knew each other from just gigging around? Yeah, he's also, he's like my big homie. Yeah, yeah. When I was wilding out, still doing street shit, he was one who was like, hey man, tighten up. Don't don't get to, you got a talent. You need to, you know, pursue that. Yeah. Solomon's good people, man. He's a good dude. And he's super funny. The second lesson I learned in comedy was, it's not just about being funny. Yeah. People think it's just about being funny. But if you're a comedian, you think it's just about being funny. You sound as silly as strangers saying that they could do stand-up comedy. Yeah. For that, their first time. I'm funny. I could get on stage. Those people. Guys, nobody's making money off just comedy anymore. Bill Burr has a cartoon podcast, fucking all digital network. Papa he's doing crazy shit. I would think there's probably upwards of a couple million people that don't even realize Kevin Hart's a comedian. Yeah. Like they would just, oh, that guy from Jumanji? That's what the kids probably think of. Right. That's, there's like a whole bunch of kids that probably don't know he even does stand-up. And like that's what he does. Like that's yeah. actually what he does. You Com- know? <laughs> comedi- comedians are modern-day hustlers, bro. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. They're modern-day hustlers. We do everything. And we, dr- we, dr- we drop everything at the drop of a hat to fucking go to Tallahassee for a weekend of bar shows. The pay, two fifty. For a weekend. That is, he barely even covers gas, depending on the car you got. Exactly. Throw you up in a motel, but you're hungry. Yeah. But let me tell you another thing. Third lesson I've learned, kids. No one thing will make or break your career. Not one fucking thing will make or break your career. Yeah. Nothing in life will make or break. Not one thing. It's always a string of choices, a string of actions that lead up to when someone's ruined. Or a string of actions and choices to win someone successful. You choosing to go to open mics isn't just to show your grinding and put in FaceTime and be at open mics. You have to be actively adjusting and tweaking things until it works eight out of ten times. Because there's nothing that works ten out of ten times in every room. Yeah. Nothing. Of course. Fourth thing or whatever number I'm on. It's not personal. It's business. You're going to get overlooked for a lot of things that you think. You're the fucking man for it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You probably are. Show it. Show the world that you deserve the opportunity. Fifth thing, whatever I'm on, <laughs> be independent. Do it yourself. Or hire somebody to do it, better yet. Because the there's nothing worse than someone who you see, like, people, remember when Louis was on top? Mm-hmm. People were dick riding Louis. Like, he's just, a, now Louis, I get it. Yeah. His humor. I stopped liking Louis when he said nigger in a joke for, for no reason. Right. But Louis one of those white dudes that hangs around black people and feels he, he's okay to say it because he's heard black people say it around him. I got to be honest with you, man. And, and I don't know if I've ever told other comics this, but I understood that he was funny, but I just always thought he was cynical. Definitely cynical. And I just didn't. Like he also another thing about me is that I can gauge someone's personality pretty quickly and I'm wrong sometimes, but most of the time I'm usually pretty right on how I feel about people. And I just he just had a weird energy. He's a dark energy. Yeah. And the only reason people loved him is because he was a white man who worked hard. Well, Technically not a Mexican that, who I, worked hard. Yes. And I and I also think that it had something to do with how no one was doing this very like real he's saying the things that we shouldn't be saying kind of comedy at the time yes we have richard pryor yes we had george carlin who did the same thing and were way better at it in my mm-hmm. opinion yeah definitely but, <laughs> but it was just a timing thing i think and i could be wrong but to me it just always felt cynical you know and hearing certain stories of people knowing him personally, it never really surprised me. I was just like, yeah, he doesn't really seem all that great. Like a lot of, and, and it was mostly like new comics. Like he's just not, he wasn't super nice to new comics. You know, mm-hmm. I, I try and, and I know that you're the same way, but like I try as hard as I possibly can to make sure that everyone is equal, man. And, and it's just like treat everyone like a million dollars because 
First of all, you never know who you're talking to. You never know who actually has a million dollars. Exactly. Like you just you never know who you're talking to. Yeah, and and it's just it's just like the nice thing to do. I just like being I like being a good person. I like I like making people feel good. Let me tell you guys another thing. If you're not happy doing this, don't do it. Yeah. Don't nobody want to hear this sad shit when you go on stage, bro. I'm sorry, the Jewish comics, y'all gotta stop this so I'm Jewish and I'm single shit, man. You're gonna have to come with some fucking jokes, bro. The return of the reels coming. I'm being hundred percent honest with you guys. Yeah. I'm sick of this shit, man. Yeah. If you don't if you're unhappy doing comedy, great. Don't do don't bring that shit to the stage. Yeah. Don't go so to open true. mic and say, What do you want to talk about? You telling me, let me tell you this. When you go to open mic, you say, What do you want to talk about? At an open mic. Here's what I hear. I had all day. I lived life. I worked, or even even worse, I had a day off. I chilled. I threw on my comic costume of a zip-up hoodie, uh, bright-colored Nikes, uh, jeans, and a shirt. I went and drove, parked, found parking, paid for parking, walked to the place, paid for a beer or or overpriced bottle of water, sat down, signed my name up, waited till it had gone on, and in the fucking time of three minutes that you got, you didn't choose to say or do anything worthwhile. Right. Don't do that. Lastly, people (laughs) believe, audience believe what the fuck we say on that stage. Yes. So if you say some dark shit, they believe that shit. Don't be negative on the stage, bro. Even if you're bombing, don't be negative. It's an opportunity. It's a blessing. It's a privilege. People would love to, if everyone thought they could, everyone thinks they could do comedy, but not everybody does comedy because they know they don't got it. Yeah. Don't be saying that. Don't bring the energy down the room because you're bombing. Oh, I'm going to kill myself after this thanks. No. Own it. Learn from it. Fucking twist that shit and bust its head open the next time you're on stage. But don't be negative. Don't be sad. Don't nobody want. Now, when you can make sad funny after enough time has passed, for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was just going to say something that I see that I've seen you do is when the room isn't all that great. You're just like, hey, man, I've been awesome. Y'all need to work on some stuff. See you guys later. And it it made me laugh so hard because it's true. You know what I mean? Because as a comic, I see you and I'm like, what he's doing is extremely great and is extremely funny. And sometimes the room just doesn't get it because of whatever situation, right. you know? And it that certainly doesn't mean that you're bad at what you do. Not at all. You know, it's this old, like, Seinfeld thought of, like, if they don't laugh, it's not funny. That's not always the case sometimes, though. Yeah, no. Some, because I've done the same joke 500 times, and I get different results every time. Yeah, because you, you know? might use different inflection, different exactly. cadence, different placing. You know what I'm saying? I'm in a different mood. Yeah. Like, all that kind of all stuff. All this affects your comedy. Exactly. So, I, I love comedy. I love watching comedians and trying to support, bro. But what I don't do, one thing I never allow and never stand for, I don't quit. Yeah. I've been by my, I ain't never got off stage early. Yeah. This is my punishment. Did I bring it? Did I do my job? Because before I blame the audience, I go through a little checklist. Was I feeling it? You know, was I, did I have all my faculties? Was I sleepy? Was I stressed? You know what I'm saying? Did I want to perform? Did I feel like performing? You know what I'm saying? After I go through this checklist and ask, like, all right, did I, did I give them my best effort? Did I go out there and say, I'm going to give these motherfuckers a knockout show? Right. And then did I proceed to give them a knockout show and was greeted with tepid response? Then I'm like, this one's on y'all. Mm-hmm. The, after that one, I was like, I gave you guys great material, a variety of material, Excellent delivery, strong pacing, great energy, and I fucking held your fucking feet to the fire and giving you jokes. And people were like, so unless you speak fucking Portuguese, bro, that's the only way I'm going to think that there, this one wasn't on you. Yeah. And I don't even take that personal because it could be different shit. You could be outside, helicopter flying over, they can't hear you. I've been in shows with a bartender starts fucking making a martini aggressively as fuck. Yeah. You you got to understand it. Don't nobody wearing that sad shit comics. I'm letting y'all know, man, for real. I'm a nice guy. I love y'all. I support y'all. Yeah. And I, listen, I want to shout out everybody in this podcast. If you go support live comedy, yeah. don't heckle. Nobody wants you to be a part of the show. <laughs> nobody. Not me. Not the host. Nobody. Oh, my gosh. I feel like <laughs> we, you know, going back to the day that the day that we met and hung out, we met this guy. Oh. I, I forget, I forget the guy's Brandon, name. Brandon, I'll never get his name. Brandon, of course, it was Brandon. And so <laughs> this dude came up to us, and and he was higher than God knows what. Giraffe was that boy's high. As yeah, and he was 
drunker than God knows what. It, mm-hmm. it was just like he had every substance coming into and out of his orifices at the same time. And he was talking to us about comedy. And granted, and you even said it to him, his heart was in the right place. He was saying really complimentary things, but he was staying in the pocket for way longer than he was welcome. And <laughs> that part... That part, it was, it was definitely. I and was, I feel like I feel like I said something to him, and that was the moment when you were like, "Okay, this is a guy I need to start talking to because this guy knows what this guy knows what's up." <laughs> but he was like, "Yeah, man, I love it. Like when comics like make you know make fun of me or whatever." And I go, "Yeah, but the truth is, we don't want to talk to you because it's not about you." Oh. <laughs> he said that sentence, you guys. My heart lifted. <laughs> I flutter a little bit. Dude, I have no problem telling these things to people's faces. <laughs> like like old rec- Rocco's Modern Life where yes. he got knocked out and a little floating Rocco's yeah. the wallabies he was. Yeah. How high were they in the 90s to create that cartoon? <laughs> a know. cow and a wallaby? Yes. Just friends? Yeah. I remember the fucking intro, like the little baby's running down the aisle to play and he takes his stuff up there. Oh my God, it's so good. Oh I, re- God. I even remember the, speaking of Rocco, I remember the, the Halloween episode where Heffer goes to Heck mm-hmm. and then and he says, uh, hey, isn't it called he-? and then the devil comes out and goes, There's kids watching, don't say it. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> but going back to that whole situation where it was just like, All right, dude. And then and then we kind of started talking after that where we were like isn't it weird as a comic how somebody will come up to you after a show saying that they could do comedy and then the joke that they've written that they think is hilarious is the most racist and vile thing you've ever heard in your life yeah Yeah, black comics get that a lot. You I'm know. sure, dude. I'm White sure. People are like, hey, I got a joke. What do you call? I'm like, oh my god, bro. <laughs> I gotta sit up here, man, because I, like I said, I try and treat everybody equally. Exactly. And then I hear it, I'm like, man, get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Why you there? I want to hear that bullshit, bro. <laughs> oh, oh, you can't take a joke? No, fuck you, bro. Yeah. It's not a joke. Jokes are funny. I'm a comedian. I know jokes. Exactly. I write them. I think them. Yes. That wasn't funny. I was racist. Get the fuck out of here. Yes. That's very, very accurate, man. Oh, my gosh. So you've been on so many stages over your 10 years of doing this. Give me some highlights. Yes, but I kind of want to start off in like the The lowlights of it, if that (laughs) makes any sense. So I kind of want to hear like your hell gigs, if you have any, which you do. But (laughs) who doesn't? I, I went to this uh, club in Atlanta called Uptown. Uptown is harsh. Yeah. It's a black club. Apparently, it'll funk you up. Yeah. That was <laughs> Uptown Funk. You just, <laughs> you just got it? No, no. I was trying to riff, but I couldn't get it. The okay. laugh took over. I was trying to get you on. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I couldn't remember. Uh, the, oh, yeah. Bruno Mars owns it. That's He's, what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Bruno. Uh, he's a manager. He books everywhere. That's uh, great. Um. So uh, I, I'm at Uptown. It's in Atlanta. And let me give you guys another little tidbit. You know what I'm saying? The differences between black audiences and white on, audiences. I hope a lot of people listen to this podcast so they'll actually get this gem. Black audiences don't give you the benefit of the doubt. White audiences do. What I mean by that is black audiences don't want you asking them no questions. They want you making statements because they done paid to be there. Let's say they got kids. They got a babysitter. That's money. They got dolled up. Two item minimum plus tickets. They want, have, they want to have a good time. They want to sit there and laugh. They don't want no questions about, do you guys like uh, Saturn? Like, what? No, man. Do, do you remember this? No, motherfucker. You need to just make a statement. Tell a joke. We're here to laugh. Then, white audiences, they give you the benefit of the doubt. They're the, they're the one who people credits are for. Like, you might, have, you might have seen them on uh, High Met Your Mother, or you might have seen them on right. uh, The Big Bang Theory. Whatever shit white people watch. Whatever corny right. shit they watch. But, hey, what's up? It's so stupid. And they could bomb, though, Mike. They of could course. bomb. They'll bomb with those credits. It's like what Chris Rock always says, man. You have, when even when you're really famous, you have five minutes to just say dick. But then the rest of it, you actually have to be funny. Yeah. Because the the whole, like, I can't believe he's here is going to go away in five minutes. Yeah. 
And then it's like, all right, now you got to be funny, dude. Unless you know, like, you're, you're a legend. <clears throat> exactly. Legends get the, get those laughs just because they're in the room with you. Yeah, well, that's 100% true. You know what I'm saying? But I agree uh, 2,000% with what you're saying, man. Yeah. Like, credits don't mean nothing, man, to white audiences. To, white audience, to, to black audiences, they don't because more likely they haven't seen it. Yeah. Someone is always going to not know who you are. Mm-hmm. Unless you're world famous. Yeah. And guess what? Someone in the world may not know who you are. Of course. You know what I'm saying? So Especially now, man. Like, everybody's famous. Yeah, yeah somewhere. <laughs> you got a special... They, they're bombarding us with streaming networks. Yeah. And we all still pay for cable. So, you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's, like it's, <laughs> it's so true. It's weird. Oh, you've seen this guy on FedEx.com. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Like FedEx has a streaming service. Like what he was is on a national on? commercial when the Super Bowl ran. Thank yeah. you guys. Thank you. Thank you. It's so true. <laughs> Funny enough, that is a credit of mine. Yeah. <laughs> is that I was on a commercial that was on the Super Bowl. But it's like in LA, I cared a little bit because because that was what got me performing at like flappers and right. things like that. But then when I'm here, I'm like, please don't tell people I was in a Jonas Brothers video. Please don't tell people that I was on an Imagine Dragons video. I'm happy that I was a part of it and I'm super honored, mm. but I don't want people thinking I'm something I'm not. That's, why, that's why I don't tell anybody. I got credit. such a people to say course. I'm a good friend of yours, a good friend of the show. Let's get these jokes underway. Exactly. Let yeah. me have that clean slate. Because when you put the credits on, they want that. Exactly. People are quick to typecast you, mm-hmm. whether they know it or not. The way that I would think is like, if I saw someone and they were like, this guy's been on Conan, he's been on this, he's been on that. And I'm like, I mean, he's good, but like, it wasn't like good for Conan. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. I'm not trying to give myself any handicaps exactly. other than I may be feeling mentally or emotionally already. Yeah, exactly. You know? Especially when you're working on new stuff. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's crazy. Oh, yeah, it's oh. the worst, man. Yeah, just, it's so bad. <laughs> I, choose a, I choose the darkest mics in the valley to work out on the oddest yeah. of nights. Sunday, <laughs> Wednesday, where everyone's taking a break. I'm looking for a holiday mic in San yeah. Diego or something. I go there and I just work and forge it in the fire. That's why it's taking me four longs for this new, four years for this new special to, uh, to come out. I'm recording it yeah. in May or June um, in Seattle at the Triple Door. Hell yes, dude. So this new hour is going to be amazing. It's called Still Here. Yes. Um, and I'm really fucking excited about I can't it. Like, wait to see it. I man. am excited about these fucking jokes. Yeah. I have I, I finally have a joke about people saying I think cancer is great. You know what I'm saying? It's just I really love it. That's I'm really, so I'm really good, excited man. about it. I love it, dude. And and granted, if you don't want to talk about this, we don't have to, but uh, a few years ago around what was it like twenty fifteen? Twenty sixteen, yeah. Twenty sixteen when you were diagnosed? Oh, I was, I was diagnosed twenty fifteen, had a, okay. given a year left to live. I got everything I got credit wise in twenty sixteen. Right. I was on Ellen, Ellen helped me get HBO. I got Conan naturally because if you have HBO you're gonna need a late night set to promote that. Yeah. Uh and you know, it was torn around doing clubs. The special came out on my birthday, okay? Yeah. And then a month after that a comic was like, Quincy Jones is faking and lying about having cancer. He's faking cancer. Right. One Facebook post spread like wildfire <laughs> and it's chased me around for four years. Yeah. I had to go to therapy. I had to fucking, I had paranoia. I, could, I had insomnia. I couldn't fucking, I didn't want to go out in public. I didn't want to do comedy. Yeah. Had a breakdown. Got my little eat, pray, love. Went to Europe for like five weeks. I was like, 2018, I'm going to come back. 2018 was rough. 2019, rough. But it started like, getting better like from August, you know, August to uh, till now. And I've just been building every day, you know what I'm saying? Because one thing I don't do is quit. Yeah. And thank God you don't, man. I, because I, I, I don't you're quit. extremely good at what you do. Thank and you, man. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It feels good to be recognized for someone who's funny also. Man. Oh, thanks, man. That That's that's really sweet that you say that. But it's just, when I see you on stage, when I saw Burning the Light, when I saw, even when I saw you a few days ago, it's like, you just know who's meant to do this. Oh, man. You know what Thank I mean? You. Like, you can just tell. Thank you, you know? man. And it's one of those things, and, and you're just a guy... You're supposed to be here, dude. You're supposed to be a comedian. Yes. You know, and you're supposed to be making people feel good. Yeah. You know, it, it makes me so happy when I talk to you that you're a positive person and that you're so welcoming and you're so, because so many comics at a certain level 
are just not like that, you know, and, and jaded and granted it's not even comics. Like I'm an actor as well. And, and you are as well. You, you know, it actors even more so where it's just like you, you ask them, Hey man, like here's, let me ask you this basic question of like, how did you do this? Or how did you do that? And it's you gotta like, figure it out on your own. Yeah, you got to figure it That's out. That's where I did own. it. No handouts. Yeah. No help. It's like, bro, let me tell you guys another something, man. There's, there's enough good shit out there for everybody. Of course. No, but you, I want everyone to really listen to what I just said. There's enough good shit out there in the world for everybody. You don't need to slit somebody's throat to because you think they're going to take the last good thing out there. Yeah. Society wants you to believe there's limited good things, but there's a abundance of good things. The second thing, there's never been anyone that's gotten nothing from working hard and being kind. Yeah. You say, let's say you say, man, I want to be the biggest comic in the world. Great. Great. Now, there's only room for so many legends. Kevin Hart isn't is mentioned the same breath as Eddie Murphy and Chappelle and Pryor. Right. But he's up there in popularity. Of course, yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's not mentioned the same rock as Rock Burr, but he's up there when it comes to specials and stuff like that. Yeah. I say all that is like work hard, be kind, and you'll get the good shit. There's no abundance of it. There's, there's no shortage of it. And so... When you're trying for something, you may not get to Bill Burr, Chris Rock, Deja Bell's ass. But if you're also in a Dave Attell, Jim Norton, whatever else, you know, all the comics who are legends also on a different level. Yeah. You're still paying your rent off comedy and then some. You still got your bills paid off. You could be Artie, Artie Lane. You know what I'm saying? God, please no, but like you could be. Yeah. You know? That's what I'm saying. So, like, when you're out there, you're doing comedy. Not just comedy. Take this and apply it to anything. Just keep working hard, being kind. You're going to see a lot of people get a lot of shit before you. You're going to feel like you deserve a lot of shit. Check your ego at the door. You don't know everybody's story. You don't know how long they've been grinding. You don't know the hell that they've been through. We sometimes forget when we're sitting in our own personal hell that the fire is burning around all of us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everything's being consumed right now. Don't let, because this person looks cool, feel like they don't got no fire. <laughs> They got fire burning, too. And they made sacrifices, too. And right now, it's their time. That might be the only thing they get. Realize that. You might get bypassed for a festival. You're sitting there brooding because you're stuck at home. You you look at everyone's having fun at the Big Sky Comedy Festival contest. <laughs> oh, man, I want to go outside and play with the kids. I want to go with the other comics. It's not your time. Yeah. It's not your time. Would you want to go and spend money that you ain't got to not place because there's a bunch of headliners in that motherfucker who are beasts? You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, who wants to compete against Shane Torres talking about Guy Fieri? You're just like, I, there's no way I can beat that. No. <laughs> and, you, and, you, and you wouldn't and you couldn't because Shane Torres is at a level. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everyone's at a level. But to be fair, so are you. You're I, I, like you're at a level, and and everyone's on their own level. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like that's exactly. just the thing. You and know? we're all steadily climbing up. Exactly. And we all get knocked back down a few rungs too, folks. Yeah. We I, I got losses that I take up the rest of this podcast. I can name just in these four months alone, but I mean three months alone. But like we're grinding, man. Yeah. One day at a time, one rung at a time. Every day you have the opportunity to wake up and be better than you were yesterday. Yeah. And that's the beautiful part about life. Yeah. You can be better. The reason why I love basketball the most is because when you fuck up on offense, you immediately get opportunity to make up for it on defense. Yes. Immediately. Yeah. You don't have to wait for football fields and soccer. Yeah. You don't got to wait for another inning in, like baseball. But basketball, brick the shot, get back on defense, make a steal, pass it, boom, shot, layup. Perspective, man. Change your perspective. Change your mental. Watch it affect your physical. Be supportive. Be kind. Be patient. And be kind to yourself because we're all out here grinding man this episode of child like it best with mike valdez is brought to you by the crunch cup save time in the morning by taking your cereal on the go simply add cereal to the inner cup milk into the outer cup screw on the lid and you're ready to crunch eat cereal in the car at your desk or anywhere else you want go to thecrunchcup.com to purchase what i think is a genius invention and use the discount code mike valdez 10 That's Mike, M-I-K-E, Valdez, V-A-L-D-E-S, the number 10, to save 10% off of your order. You can also sign up for their monthly giveaway to win a year's supply of cereal. So what are you waiting for? Go to thecrunchcup.com and use promo code MikeValdez10 to save 10% off of your order. The Crunch Cup, it's better than spooning. 
talking a little bit about it, but like, what are some highlights for you? All right, let me mention Uptown gig. Uptown gig in Atlanta, I got booed off the stage. They, oh, yeah, they, yeah. They jingle keys. If you're not doing it, I'm like, and I, I, when I went up there and did, do you guys like, boo, boo, jing, 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 boo. And when you hear like aggressive boos and then they start to build in the crescendo, mm-hmm. you're like, ha, ah, ah, I'm done. They got me. And that was like the worst gig. And I went back with a vengeance. Because I don't like getting fucked over. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I went up there. Y'all motherfuckers booed me last time. We're going to get down to it this time. <laughs> Sit down and listen to these jokes. <laughs> Winning the jokes. Pop, 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 pop. Four or five quick ones. They laughing. Boom. Cool. Uh-huh. Now there's a pulse in this motherfucker. Yeah. Back to the jokes. You thought I was scared before. Pop, pop, pop. Yeah. Five more jokes. They're like, oh. Yeah. Then I hit them with the, the killer closer. They were like, woo. Yes. Yeah. Go back to your weaknesses. You know what I'm saying? So that was a, that was a low light, and uh, the highlight was I got back. But the, another highlight, I did. I performed at the uh, Largo in Los Angeles, California. Yeah, love that place. It's a really beautiful theater, prestigious, old school, dope, dope as fuck. I performed at the Largo, and uh, I was in a show, a, a Judd Apatow show. Oh yeah, Judd Apatow and Friends. Yeah, I also did a Sarah Silverman show and everything. Anyways, yeah. but Chris Rock drops in. And he was running his bits for when he was hosting uh, in 2016, like whatever award show he was hosting. Yeah, the Oscars. Oscars. That was literally at the time. I probably saw you at Largo when I was living in L.A. Yeah. I went to Largo just as an audience member all the time. And I went to all those shows. So I've probably seen you doing that. That that night I got to close the show out after Chris Rock. That's so awesome, dude. Like, I, like, Chris Rock featured for me. <laughs> I love it. On an all-star show. Yes. Not yeah, on a, dude. Not That's a, the thing not about Largo club. is, like, it is worth every dollar, dude. Every single person you see is a headliner. Yeah. Like, I mean... You would pay 65 bucks to see one of them and you see seven of them in one night yeah. or more sometimes. And then like, oh, by the way, here's a surprise, Chris Rock. Or by the way, here's a surprise, brought back Richard Pryor from the dead yeah. because we're Largo. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Planning's got a really great thing. He's cultivated a really great environment. Yeah. And a great space. There's a little bar in front and a big bar and a big theater and there it's just and what's what i love about that place is just the the marriage between music and comedy yeah like there's a marriage between having bands there and having comedians there like i've seen coldplay get up on stage yeah of course like the lead singer uh at the largo yeah like i forget what's his name chris chris something i forget chris something yeah uh, he's got, he went up there and just played and tickled the keys and made a little joyful song yeah seen adam sandler there yeah. You know what I'm saying? See him do that. I remember seeing Adam Sandler and Judd Apatow get into a car and drive off into the night. And I was just like, that's three-fourths of Hollywood right I there. know. Yeah. <laughs> God bless this car wherever the fuck they're going to. Yeah. That's three-fourths of, of the money in comedy in the, in America. <laughs> Anything happened in that car, we're, we're weeping for, for years afterwards. Right. So... Yeah, those are some of the highlights of my career. You know, I had the the low light, the ultimate low light was someone said I had fake cancer. Right. And to me, even that low light is pretty damn dope considering what everyone else has gone through. So, yeah. like I said before, other than the bullshit, life's great. Comedy's a blessing to do, and I love what the fuck I do. I'd like to be booked more. I'd like to get more money, sure, but that will come. Yeah. You're just such a special dude, man. You really are, because I was listening to a few of interviews of yours and just to find out more about you just so I can you know doing my research or whatever like I hate using that word because I I wasn't researching you but it was just like you know it's one of those things but and one of my favorite podcasts is you made it weird and I was re-listening to your episode because I listened to every single episode of that show and you said this story specifically you said this guy's smoking a cigarette and I have cancer but that guy's not getting Conan. <laughs> and I yeah. am. <laughs> yeah. And it was it was so awesome to hear you say that. Like yeah. it's such a cool outlook on your life where even in something that is universally portrayed as the worst thing that can happen to you. Yeah. And you're just like, but it's not the worst thing that can happen to me. 
I know. You know? Because There's, you got to be, you have to go through some shit to, to have that mentality. Of course, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So my thing is like, when the doctor told me, on, on August 6th, 2015, you have a year left to live. I was like, fuck this guy. Right. There's no way on God's green earth that I'm going to be dying on August 6th, 2016. And I took that and it was fuel. Yeah. I did everything. My, I did a lot to, to, to get to this point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When they said I was faking cancer, and, and I remember this, they didn't just go on around like one comedy scene and die out. It spread like wildfire to all the comedy scenes. Right. Quincy Jones, the guy we helped donate, is faking cancer. Right. She never provided any proof. Never said anything. Never apologized. And it sucked. But then I got an interesting piece of advice. God was like, you think you're going to have all wins? Wait, did you think because I allowed you to get blessed with this that it was going to be all wins? Who has all wins? Nobody. Everybody has losses. Yeah. Everybody. So upon remembering that, I realized, oh, ebbs and flows. There's going to be times where you're the most in-demand motherfucker, that beautiful Mike face, fucking all over commercials. There's going to be times where you scratch your penny and fucking put, you know, some gas in the tank. Life ebbs and flows. You know what I'm saying? And so that's how it's like. I was like, oh, yeah, man. I'm about to do this. And now the next special, it's going to be even better. It's going to be more natural. I'm not going to put it together in two weeks. Mm-hmm. I've been taking my time. Four years of working out each joke, building it on until I squeeze it all out. Examples in all over the country that are now safe universally for me to say. It's about patience. Because yeah. I don't seen everybody get shit. Oh, so-and-so got a show. Camille Nanjiani is fucking playing Wolverine or like whatever yeah. superhero. He's <laughs> like, oh, man, I know these motherfuckers. Yep. You'll start looking around like, damn, do I not belong? But change that perspective and be like, damn, I'm in the same company with these motherfuckers. You said you're working on your special that's being filmed in May? Oh, yeah, May. Seattle, Washington, Triple Door. I don't have the dates yet, but I'll definitely let you know. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, please do. I got a lot of good things popping up, man. Yeah, man. Social media, I'm putting out more visible content. You can follow me on uh, social media on Instagram and Twitter is LLQJ206. Ladies love Quincy Jones 206 yeah. <laughs> LLQJ 206 And then what I mean what I got I'm just doing a lot Doing a lot yeah. I'm putting out a mixtape It's nice. called Yeah it's going by my government name Kwame Wallen It's my artist name Yeah um, Your artist name That <laughs> is Yeah um, And yeah that, That's 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 it, man. And you have a bunch of—I'm sure you have a bunch of dates and stuff like that. I have no dates. You have no dates. I have no. I've, I've really? been. I just, I've been just taking it low. Okay. Cool. Low. I wanted to like rest before it gets chaotic. Yeah, of course. Because when when things start rolling, you don't notice it rolling until you're in the middle of it rolling. Yeah. And it starts with podcasts like this. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Dude, are man. you kidding me? It's an honor to have you. I know. I really appreciate <laughs> you. Asked me, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. No worries. No worries. Don't even worry about it. Got you. I'm so honored that you're even here. It's it's amazing. I was telling Joe Bob, you know, he's like, oh, do you know Quincy? And I was like, yeah, dude, I'm having a freaking comedy nerdgasm right now. Of course I know who Quincy Jones is. Like, are you like, I know what comedy is, dude. Like, he's like, oh, do you know Matt? And I'm like, yes, I know Matt. Like, I know, like, I nerd out about comedy. Like, I didn't know Matt was here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's one of those things where like, it's truly just such a blessing to have you here and uh and to get to talk to you so follow quincy on instagram llqlj they call him big la big la <laughs> yeah and so and then for me i guess you can you can find me on instagram at Mike Valdez on Twitter at I am Mike Valdez. You can go to who is Mike Valdez.com to find out the answer to that question. Mm. And that is it, ladies and gentlemen. This has been another episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys uh, for listening. Yeah, man. Subscribe, tell your friends so we can grow this family. Let's do it. Yeah. We're all in it together now. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, besties. Bye, besties. <laughs>